0: Hello and welcome to the PhD Life Raft podcast. I'm Emma Brzezinski and today is a bit of a different one. Um, I was invited by Southwest and Wales Doctoral Training Programme to be part of their Summer Research Festival and record an episode. And so this is it. Um, it is a conversation with the marvellous Laura Jane Smith. And we ended up talking about the what to do and how to negotiate it when you are disagreeing with your supervisor and we talk about how to negotiate that we also talk about conference culture and we also get into machismo archaeology so i do hope you enjoy this episode <music> and hello everybody else because there's a, there's a bigger audience for today. Um this this is truly an experiment um because we are coming to you from SWWDTPS summer summer research um festival at South Western Wales doctor training partnership if you're not in on that acronym. Um which is very exciting. Um <laughs> and we're going to see how this goes so we have an audience for this um for this conversation which we don't usually have. Um, and and the other part of the experiment is Laura and I are on a bit of a kind of blind date because we've been set up <laughs> to talk to each other today. But um, we've we've had a bit of a pre-chat and then um, I think it's, it's going to be good. I've got a feeling it's going to be good. Um, so welcome to this experiment um, and welcome to you, Laura-Jane. Thank you so much for being willing to be part of this. No worries. No um, worries. So we are going to start, as we always do, with you telling us a little bit about your journey into the phd uh through the phd and out the other side how, how was it for you okay well
1: i mean it was like every phd uh journey it was a rocky road with ups and and downs and uh, um and that's all part of the you know that roller coaster ride was all part of the if i can mix my metaphors all part of the the, the reality that is that is the phd and i i uh my undergraduate degree was in archaeology, and uh, in the nineteen eighties. So quite a while ago now, and uh, during during the eighties, I worked as a, what you would call in England as a field archaeologist, what we call Australia as a heritage consultant, and I became very interested, um, as I was working in the field, about the tensions that arose between um, Indigenous peoples with whom I worked and heritage experts, and, and the state in terms of the way that they administered heritage legislation and policy and and so on. And there was considerable tension in the 1980s about this. And I wanted, you know, I was, you know, having been caught in the middle of this, I, I wanted to understand the process. So I, I, I went in search of, you know, I thought I would do a PhD. I wasn't at that point specifically interested in becoming an academic. I, wa- I was interested in finding out, what I had gotten myself mixed up in. Um and uh having only got a two-one um in my in my honours year, what we call an honours year in Australia, I was not eligible for scholarships. And I had a lot of difficulty finding someone who would take on what in the 1980s was a particularly seen as a particularly contentious and difficult topic. Because I was, you know, I wanted to look at the memory politics. I wanted to look at the heritage politics of Indigenous um, and archaeological relationships. Then I was extremely lucky. As Chance had it, um, an advertisement for um, an academic position came up um, at a place called Charles Sturt University. No one will have heard of it, but it was a rural university in Australia, And, um, and I got the job, unbelievably, without a Ph.D., but the condition was that I do the PhD um, to retain the job. And so I, I went back to, to my old university, the university, at which I'd done an undergraduate, and said, I want to do a PhD. And they said, all right, of course, we'll allow you to do it. Um, and we're giving you this supervisor. So my poor supervisor didn't really, we didn't really negotiate. So she was, I, <laughs> she was, she and I were sort of thr- thrust by circumstances together and she wasn't entirely convinced by my topic um and um and it, it not least because it it was it was at the, at the time a contentious contentious topic you know indigenous politics were were kicking off um, archaeologists were under fire for their you know their, the colonialist position that many of them held at the time so I did my PhD uh, in a context as I said where the, my supervisor wasn't entirely on board um she 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 got there in the end um and at a time when I was testing my ideas as you do as a PhD at conferences um uh where the audience was hostile to put it mildly I mean it was also it was also a time too when the discipline was even more, to be frank, sexist than it is today. In Australia, it's a it, archaeology is, you know, it's a very machismo discipline. You know, that like the you could actually say the Indiana Giants movies that came out in the 1980s, you know, were a bit of a, a bit of a documentary there. Um or if not a documentary, something to aspire to. You know, everyone every every male archaeologist I I knew wanted to seem to want to wet, you know, wield a whip. Um, but um Love it. there's a whole
0: other episode there. machismo archaeology. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but but i mean i mean i remember um you know quite traumatic incidents giving papers on my phd and my you know um because i was doing it part time um in you know, over a six year period men in the audience standing up and screaming at me or screaming at at, at other female um researchers as, as well no you cannot do that um so it was it was quite stressful but you know i began to realize actually you know no one's died you know this is <laughs> This is not, you know, I can I can actually use this situation. And it and it um it actually having a supervisor that was not entirely convinced by the topic and having and having done the research at, at a time when there was a lot of tensions, I think made me a stronger researcher. It certainly made the PhD tighter because I had to really argue. I had to really think about what is it that I'm saying, what is it that I'm arguing, and how do I get it across. How do I convince not just the examiners, but my supervisor that the broader archaeological um, discipline in which you know the Australian discipline in, in which I was I was working? I was also lucky in that I had a captive audience of my students. <laughs> I um, I you know tried out ideas in the lecture theater as as, as well as I I, I went along. Um, so yeah, and it's it's something that is stuck, it's something that has stuck with me. As I as I you know throughout my academic career, both as you know, in terms of thinking about my lectures and, and writing and delivering my lectures and and writing and and writing you know my academic work, writing up my academic work, is I've always written thinking about or imagining someone that I know who is takes a an entirely oppositional position to my own and to write to that person to convince them of the usefulness of my, my position. And I think, and, and that's been very useful and it's something I also tell my own PhD students, imagine someone who is not with you, who is you know taking a, a different position and write to them to convince. And I think that makes for a tighter, tighter argument. Um, yeah.
0: Well, I am so sorry to hear that you had that experience I mean it could it's just awful because you spend a lot of time saying to, to people don't worry you know conferences you're gonna you're gonna get some positive feedback and then there you were getting screamed at by people um yeah it''s, but, it's, it's changed I mean that you know yeah. that's right. I think there is there is
1: a significant difference these days um yes. in, in the way that conferences are, are are run not least because you know there is a generation of feminist, um, researchers who said that behavior in conferences is not okay. conferences are, should be places where we can engage in the exchange of ideas and 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 be constructive in our criticism. And I think that is significantly changed and i would I would echo that point. And I do you know say this to my students. And if someone, you know it, again, and I also say you know as it as it dawned on me in these experiences is is if you have got someone who is, so deeply emotionally reactive to what you're saying. Think about well, I must I must be onto something here. I've hit a nerve. They wouldn't be so distressed, so angry with me if they didn't really actually know I was right.
0: You know that I had.
1: You know I had something to say here that is that is important and meaningful at some level. So um, you know these days I I actually quite enjoy when people get really angry because I think
0: aha yeah, was yeah. That, that, that really? <laughs> it, you know academia is a very emotionally heightened environment yeah. isn't it and people do get very passionate um yes. but let's you know let's keep it respectful people um so we agreed that what we were what we were um going to talk about was this situation where you you are taking a kind of different uh route or a different um approach to the material than your supervisor yeah. because this happens very often especially at the end of a, of a PhD journey as you are coming into the expertise you are now the expert you will know more than your supervisor you'll be ahead of them and um, and but this can then become sometimes quite problematic in terms of the, the differences so having been through the experience that you did where from the get-go she wasn't yeah. quite sure, but and again, that will be true for people who some people who are listening. Um, what are your kind of thoughts or re- reflections on that? on Working with a supervisor who may be taking a different approach to you. Well, I th- you know again in, enjoy the
1: debate. Go into a supervi- supervision. Be ready to debate and and enjoy the debate. Engage your supervisor. Get them, you know, because most academics get into academia academia because they enjoyed. Debate, and sometimes we forget about that. In the, you know, as we drown in the minutia of of administrivia that you know tends to get thrust upon us in acad- academia these days, we forget about that. But if you can awaken that passion to to debate and explore ideas, um and any good supervisor will be, oh yes, of course and will begin to enjoy the process. I know I know I do with with my students because of course they can you know as you say they become the experts in their particular topics and um and that's fun. I really enjoy that part of the you know the the supervision that that debate and discussion. So don't be a, don't be afraid of that.
0: Because I think there is there is it is it is a compliment I think as well isn't it? And that 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 is not always expected I think this kind of academic route still building on that Socratic tradition, isn't it, of kind of, of of having argumentation. Now, we might have a discussion about, you know, where that takes us and how useful that is. But I think that if your supervisor, that sense, like you were saying, if your supervisor is opening up a debate with you, that is a compliment. And you have to kind of run that through Google Translate in your mind to go, oh, actually, it's not because I'm wrong. It's because they're interested in kind of exploring Absolutely.
1: And they're treating you as a colleague. You're, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's the point at which your relationship at from student to supervisor is changing. It, you, as you become a colleague, um, you're being, you know, that engagement of debate is recognizing the legitimacy at of, of what it is that you are saying. They may disagree with what you're saying, but they're recognizing the legitimacy of the research, of the the what the weight of scholarship behind what you've done to be able to you know to take a position that is a legitimate position worthy of debate and discussion. So absolutely, absolutely. Yes.
0: Yeah. And and I think it's like you were saying that actually it's if, when you when you're entering into debate it's because you're seen as a colleague, academics love to do this with each other. I mean yeah. we've sat in, in our faculty meetings, laura Jane, you and I, and I'm sure people are listening as well. People love to debate. I remember sitting in a meeting, it was about it went on for about an hour in terms of people discussing where the toilet should be positioned because academics just love to you know get into it <laughs> so this sense of this sense of um that 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 disagreement being a compliment actually but I, I wonder when it, if things become a bit more tricky and you feel like someone's stopping you which isn't necessarily your s- story but if you feel like someone's actually shutting down your um work I wonder if you had any thoughts about about that
1: yeah, I mean, I think that one of the things about my own PhD as well is that I did it in isolation. So I was at the time seven hours drive from my the my university where I was uh, um, being doing my PhD. So I was I was living in rural Australia, seven hours from Sydney, um, and and in those moments where there was, you know, I was being shut down either by colleagues or whoever. Um, and in those moments that every PhD student goes through, where at three, three o'clock in the morning the abyss is staring back at you and you're wondering, what have I done? What have I got myself into? How, you know, what am I arguing? What is what is a thesis? All the all the other mm-hmm. insecurities that's come flooding in. Being isolated, I realized realized how important your peers were so I was I was lucky in that I had a very supportive partner who who was who also an academic so you know helped me through the process so that was really important that we we could have that you know supportive discussions with each other he was doing his PhD as well so that was that was that was you know significant but it also brought home to me the importance of of your peers as a PhD, that the people around you are, are a very important source of affirmation about what you're doing and why you're doing it. They are also a, a very important emotional um, uh, support. And, you know, I, I mean, as is having copious amounts of chocolate and alcohol at hand, but it, it,
0: <laughs> it,
1: it, it, it um you know, your peers are, are, are really an important resource forget not only getting you through your phd but getting you through your um your career because they will be there you will all you know you will all get there you'll all graduate and they will be down the track the people who will peer review your articles who will pit pe- beyond granting bodies and vice versa so developing that network of support and com- com- in camaraderie and collegiality was was something that I missed out on doing my PhD, seven hours drive from Sydney. But you know, I saw it in action um, with with my co- cohort who who were in Sydney, and I've seen it in action with with students that I've since supervised. And I think that's really, really important a really important resource to help deal with that um, being closed down. And the other. And the other issue in in, in response to, to being closed down is to to believe in yourself. I mean, you know, you were you doing the research. As you said, yes, doing the PhD, you be, will become the expert. Um, and you are, you're, you've done the research. Believe in, in in you know, in the legitimacy of what you're you're doing and 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 don't back off. You know, if people are closing you down, if they're coming at you, then maybe it's because they're insecure. Maybe it's because actually you do know what you're talking about. Um, you know, we like to think in academia, you said, um Emma, that that, you know, academic, academia is a very highly emotional. And of course it is. Um, you know, we tend to not to not remember that. You know, we tend to say to students, oh, get a thick skin, you know, when I'm criticizing your ideas, not you as a person. But in academia, that's part of who you are. Your ideas are who you are. Yes. This is emotional. Yes. Um, and um, and you know don't don't belittle that, belittle that you know it is our it is part of our, our identity and just just be aware of that affirm that it's okay it's okay to feel pride it's okay to feel um, unease it's uh, it's uh, it, you know it's 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 okay to feel disappointment and all these these sort of things or to to be unsure. Um, You know, because emotions are part of the ways in which we think and, and, you know, they're they're integral to cognition, they're integral to memory making, all that sort of
0: stuff. So engage with that. And I think that equally is where it's really really useful to have people around you. Um and as I could see on my screen, I could see people together in a room, which is awesome. Um, but to have people around you to reflect that back that they, you know, they found that difficult too. They're struggling with that too. Yeah. They're excited about that too. And so you can kind of have that mirrored back to you as as kind of normal because I think yeah. often people think, oh, it's just me, it's just me feeling this. It's just me yeah. responding in that way. Um, and it it won't be. It won't be. So I think this sense of of collegiality really really important and the the belief in yourself is a is a challenge isn't it because as you say you're putting yourself out there this is that you know these your these are your precious ideas which you're conjuring up and you put it out there and so again that's where your peers can be really useful or safe people can be really useful to rehearse that to rehearse those ideas get some feedback on it in a really safe environment before you take it out into the world. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you know,
1: people, yeah, as people say, grow a thick skin and you do need to grow a thick skin. You do need to be able to take that criticism and not become a, you know, distressed, quivering mess and that you, you get that with practice. But you also get that by getting in touch with your own emotions and, and, and accepting, yeah, it's okay. It's all right. I can do this. And, you know, I, you know, what I'm doing is, val- is, is, is valid. Um, And learning... And I think one of the hardest hardest lessons for me, and I still struggle, is learning to take compliments. Is learning, you know, I can deal with the the nice. adversarial, um, you know, cr- critique and criticism, but it's the it's the compliments that I sometimes find harder to deal with. And uh, and I think you know, particularly for women, um, that's something we we need to learn to do. That it's oh, it's it's, it's it's actually okay
0: to feel like, oh, I've I've achieved something. I can do this, you know, and have that. um, Yeah, And this is where I think your conference buddies, particularly around conference behaviour, can be really useful. To have someone there who's writing down the positive things that people say after your paper, because you will forget them and all you'll hear is the person saying, oh, I didn't like that. But hopefully there will be positive things. And even if it's your conference buddy saying the positive things or what, telling you, no, people were nodding when you were saying that, or I really liked that, to have that and feed that back to you. And also knowing that there's somebody there in the audience that if something does happen, they will call it out and say, actually, it's not okay. This whole thing of like, that's a comment, not a question. It's like, that's not okay. It's not okay to be parading your whatever in front of me rather than really responding to my material there's a lot of bad behavior which you can call out and I think knowing that people are around who are going to call that out for you I think is really really important Um, and as you say I think yeah yeah.
1: conference buddies are really important and one of the things that that we used to I use I and my my fellow PhD students used to used to also do is break the ice so we would have someone's sitting in the audience to ask the first question for you before the, the the god professor for instance came down on you with their wrath um you had a friendly face ask you the first question break the ice so that's an, another way that conference buddies can be used but yeah they're really important writing down the questions both good and bad so that you can remember them and think about okay what you know what does that mean you know getting that criticism and, and constructive criticism and thinking about well what how can i improve my you know research how is that helping me do the
0: the feedback yeah. yeah really taking care of each other and just bringing that ethics of care um, and we can we can shift things we can shift things um, so i am i'm aware of um time it always goes really quickly and um, and you've already given us some really uh practical things to think about but i wonder if you have any other sort of top tips for people um, around this particularly maybe around this idea of if you're going in a different direction are um, you're finding yourself in contentious territory um, or more generally mm. um hmm.
1: I mean I, I I guess I mean it's it's always really important to be self-reflexive is is the direction I'm going actually somewhere that is being you know is taking me is I'm being I'm being led to through the research that I'm 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 doing or have I gone down a rabbit hole um because of course as as a supervisor I know it's it's very easy for students to go down rabbit holes and and lose themselves um so I think that self reflection being able to to think about um where you go in and why and, you know and and it, am I being led there by the data and 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 so on and that's and that's it. A useful thing to debate and discuss with your supervisor as 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 well so sometimes they're you know the criticisms can be they're not on board with you yet like it was for for, for me at the you know particularly at the beginning of the of the research but but sometimes it is because you've gotten an enthusiasm and you've you've you've, you've gone off track so you know being able to be self-reflexive about what you're doing and why and where you're going is really really important and not to be afraid of that you know it's it, it, it also not not to be afraid of making mistakes. We all make mistakes, we all get it wrong. Be prepared to 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 recognise that when 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 that happens.
0: Yes. Oh yes, yes, yes. And self-reflexivity can come in all sorts of forms as well, isn't it? So people might journal or they might use their peers to feedback to them. Um big, all sorts of ways and um, to think about that. Um Hello Jane, thank you very much. I feel like you know, this would be I'd I'd like to ask you for a second date because I feel like you know we've been we've, we've been set up. Would it work, would it not? It's been truly a pleasure <laughs> to speak to you. Thank you so much. Thank um you. thank you also to um swwdtp for hosting us um and uh bringing more people into the room. Um thank you, thank you all so much, and thank you all for listening.